Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for a look back on today's match. This is the full-time report with the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore. Today's game is brought to you by Equifax. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. The Home Depot, with more ways to help you take on your home projects delivered right to your door. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Dunkin' Donuts, conquer the season with Dunkin's new Atlanta United Donuts. Piedmont Healthcare and Ford. The home for MLS in Atlanta. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Here's the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore. Well, it's happened again for the second straight home match. Atlanta United taking a 2-0 lead into the final 10 minutes of regular time and not winning either match. And it was... Uh, you got to give Philadelphia a lot of credit. Corey Burke with the immediate response. Maybe a somewhat fluky goal that took a deflection. Brad Guzan spilled the rebound, and Burke slammed it home. That made it 2-1. And then Jacob Glessness with a golasso from about 30 yards out in the third added minute to save a 2-2 draw for Philadelphia Union. Atlanta United, I think safe to say underdogs coming into this match get a point. If you would have told me coming into this, Atlanta United would draw, I'd say, okay, I'll take that. That should be good, but not the way this played out. And Atlanta United now, quite frankly, has left four points out on this field in their last two matches. We still have more than two-thirds of the season to go, but uh, those are going to add up if this continues. And uh, it's really, really unfortunate because you know how hard these players are working. We just saw a little uh, video here in the press box of, Barco walking off the pitch, uh, his head below his shoulders. Heinze grabs his head, tries to lift it, like pick up your head, be proud. And I get it, but I also get how Barco feels right now because when you put in that much work and you don't get the result, it can get very, very frustrating. Yeah, but it does no good to put your head down. You have to get back to work, and especially quickly now because Wednesday you're going to Red Bull Arena to face New York City, who is not going to be very happy after losing on the weekend. It's going to be a a very difficult match on Wednesday. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, you're back here next Sunday against the Red Bulls, a team that has always caused problems with their pressing and doing a lot of the same things that Philadelphia does now. It's difficult. You know, we talked about Nashville leaving points on the table with all of their home draws to start the season. Atlanta's in the same boat right now. And those are two teams that are on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. It's 
there's over 20 games left. You're not in the situation where you're freaking out about where you are in the table today. But those points can come back to bite you later because I expect the Eastern Conference to be so tight down the stretch. Good teams are going to miss out on the postseason. And when you drop points at home, those are the things that can keep you on the outside or put you in a lower seed than you'd like to be. And look, I think Atlanta United is a good team. Played, I, I totally agree. They, they've played nine league matches this year, or um, eight league matches, excuse me. They've played eight league matches. They've only lost one to the that table leading New England. In their house. In their house Narrowly. where there were penalties both ways there. Um, Atlanta United has played 12 competitions this year, and they've lost two. So it, I believe Atlanta United is a good team, but I also believe they're better than their recent form has shown. And totally you're, you're unbeaten in your last six, but you've only won one of those, and that one win came at the death against Montreal. We're very, very close right now to talking about six consecutive draws for Atlanta United. And when you're a big club that sets out to win trophies, yeah, they're better than losses, but you're out to win right now. And for whatever reason, you have not been able to finish matches. This is the fourth time across six comp competitions this year where Atlanta United has had a second-half lead and has not won. And uh, you emptied the tank quite a bit today. Now you've got a New York. You have to go to New York now on Wednesday and play New York City, who rested today. They played last night, and they will not have to travel. And you really start to worry about what this week could unfold into because your next home match a week from today is against the pressing Red Bulls, who Atlanta United has only beaten one time in their history. I'm not trying to sound negative, but I'm getting frustrated. And I know a lot of you out there are getting frustrated, too. We're going to get into your questions of the full-time report. And I just want to be clear again, my frustration is I believe Atlanta United is better than the results that they're getting right now. And I'm sure the players feel that way as well. All right, I'm glad I got that off my chest. Uh, here uh, is the man of the match brought to you by Heineken. We're going to go with Anton Walks. We thought he may have had the game-winning goal in the 83rd minute, walks with his first goal of the season, and then defensively he had a team-high six clearances. He had two tackles, two interceptions, five possessions gained, and also had a blocked shot. Atlanta United, by the way, blocked uh, seven shots in this match today, but Anton Walks are man of the match. He won six of his ten duels as well. Very good passing out of the back, good hitting the long ball, opening the play up. Outstanding defensively, and I thought the, the back line as a whole, when Santiago Sosa was helping them early on, when Alan Franco came on, they were very good, and, and they dealt with the forwards for Philadelphia very well. Santiago or uh, Sergio Santos was a problem in the first half at times. Atlanta handled it. Corey Burke gets the goal. It's off a rebound. That's a little bit of a different situation. But Anton Walks has been a, a rock for this team this season. While they were getting the Alan Franco deal done and then Franco's had an ankle injury, Walks has played like a starter in this league. And not many people penciled him in as that when he was brought back to Atlanta. So in time, Walks, your man of the match, brought to you by Heineken. You were able to bring Franco on as a sub. Hopefully that is an eye towards Wednesday where maybe Alan Franco would be able to start for you and you could give Walks or Robinson a little bit of a break. The statistical recap brought to you by Piedmont an official health care partner of Atlanta United. When I talk about being frustrated, these are the things that frustrate me because the shots were 20-16 to 16 Atlanta, the shots on target 6-5 Atlanta, corners 12-5 Atlanta, 
Possession, 57-43 Atlanta. Key passes, 15-14 Atlanta. You didn't win. Now, that is soccer. Things like that do happen all the time. You can outplay an opponent and not win the match. I don't know if Atlanta United really completely outplayed Philadelphia today, but they had a two-goal lead at home in the final 10 minutes. So that is the statistical recap brought to you by Piedmont. I do want to single out Brooks Lennon, by the way. Mm -hmm. Eight key passes today for Atlanta United and an assist, which, again, almost unbelievably, it is Brooks Lennon's first assist in a league match this season today. Yeah, the Atlanta was the better team by a little bit, not by enough. Um, Philadelphia doesn't mind those numbers. That, that's the way Philly plays. They're, they're going to be playing off the ball more, so the possession and all the other things is about what they would expect. Uh, it's just something where Atlanta's going to have to be better at what they do. You know, I, We'll get into it because I know a lot of the questions are really revolving around how do you fix this. You continue to do what is working for most of the match. And it's got to be better. All right, let's go downstairs. Heinze is at the podium. Again, assistant coach Pedro Mateo Levias will translate for him. Uh, they have not yet started. I am told Heinze and Pedro both taking a sip of water. So. Okay, thanks again for joining. Just remember to please raise your hand and we'll call on you with a question. First one will go to Doug. Go ahead, Doug. Okay, can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. Uh, Coach, the team has given up leads in four of six games and just had a lead in the second half of the season. Why is it having trouble seeing our games? Que el equipo ha perdido la ventaja en... Doug, in how many games, you say? Uh, it's had leads, second half leads in six games and given them up in four. Que el equipo ha perdido la ventaja en cuatro partidos. Eh, ¿Por qué crees que, que no puede... Mantener la, la ventaja. Bueno, primero eh, es un dato que, que dice eso. Versus, ok, esa data, that say this information, pero es completamente distinto cada partido. But I, I believe that every game is different. Si quiere, debatimos cada partido. Like we can, if he wants, we can talk individually about each game. Pero cada partido es completamente distinto. Yo no me llevo por dato. But each game is, uh, is totally different. And I don't, I don't check the, the different data for, like, for accumulated games. Okay, well, why this game? Vale. Bueno, entonces, en este partido, eh, hemos, hemos, hemos defendido eh, bien. I think I, we, we defend well. Hemos atacado... Eh, al principio un poco más eh, vertical por los espacios que había. Eh, at the beginning of the game we were more vertical in the way we, we attack because of the spaces we have in front of us. Y después hemos atacado muy bien. And afterwards we were able to play uh, to attack even better. Eh, después los los cada cada gol tiene su análisis. Like, uh, each goal now you can develop a different analysis. Y de esto tenemos que que ver eh, para si el rival nos hace dos goles nosotros tendremos que hacer uno más siempre en esa entidad we need to see and we need to be able to, to score, score one more goal if the, the opponents score two pero deja, déjeme decirle algo But let me tell you something please este es el equipo que yo quiero y la verdad que estoy muy contento con cómo 
cómo juegan. But this is the team. Uh, this is the team I want, and I'm happy and very pleased with the with the performance. Next question will go to Felipe. Buenas tardes, Gabriel. Primero, sus eh, sus sensaciones después de un resultado amargo, teniendo el resultado en la mano. Y si nos puedes explicar la, el cambio eh, de Ibarda por Franco, ¿cuál fue el funcionamiento que usted esperaba ver con ese cambio? Si estamos hablando de resultado, por supuesto es que estamos todos eh, porque merecíamos más. We talk about the results because I think we, we deserve more. Lo bueno es que, por ejemplo, el equipo mereció más. But I think the, the good point is I think the, the team deserve more. Y el cambio es porque Franco ya eh, estaba estaba cansado. And the, the substitution was because uh, Franco was was tired. Eh, no puedo en esa en ese en ese puesto arriesgar gente. And in this position, I cannot risk with other players. Entrené en la semana con lo que con el cambio ese and we, this past week we have been working with the, the change you saw y nada eh, el equipo se siguió comportando de la misma manera and the team uh, kept uh, performing the same the same way next question to Joe Patrick hi Gabby um, what is your analysis of the way that the team performed without Emerson Einman for the first time this season tu análisis del partido en, en, en bueno el primer partido sin Emerson Heinemann. Bueno, el, el partido lo analizo, pero no por porque no está Heinemann. Well, I, I analyzed the, the game, but not because Heinemann is not in the, in the roster. Y los y lo más lo lo que creo que es lo más lindo y estamos todos contentos que el equipo eh, ha seguido de la misma línea y eso es muy bueno para los que ahora tienen esta posibilidad. Well, and we are very pleased, we are happy to, to see that the team is performing the, the same way and also for uh, future players they, they will have the opportunity to play. Next question, back to Doug. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, can you please say whose responsibility was it to step up and defend Blessings on that second goal? Si puedes decir de quién fue la responsabilidad de, de marcar el Glesnes cuando marcó el, el, el segundo gol. Primero es mi responsabilidad. First is my, my responsibility. Y después, eh, este es un juego donde el balón se va para cualquier lado. And afterwards, the ball is a game where the ball is moving. Eh, creo que no hubo errores porque justo iba a salir la, la, el jugador que de que, de que iba a salir. I think uh, we, we had not uh, we had not a, a mistake because exactly the moment where he shot the one player was jumping on him. Lo que trabajamos primero es que ese jugador que viene en conducción no dé el pase. The, the, what we, we have been working with them is not to allow this player to, to make a pass. Y la segunda opción es que tratar de evitar que remate. And also is not to allow this player to, to shoot uh, on goal. Y la verdad que hay que felicitarlos, pero no tengo que verlo, pero acá no hay responsabilidad. I don't want to talk about responsibility, but we can do is to, to congratulate them. O es mía por decirles esos dos conceptos, cómo se soluciona esa jugada. Or it's my responsibility because it's the way I explain how to solve these kind of situations. 
Okay, uh, that's Heinze and his uh, translating assistant coach, Pedro Mateus Labias. Just a really quick thought on that. Heinze is not going to call out a 19-year-old by name in that situation. Jackson Conway was uh, in error on the goal, but you are not going to expect Heinze to uh, singularly blame anyone and call that player out. It was an amazing strike by Glessness, Mm -hmm. and I'm seeing some people – uh, on Twitter, uh, put the blame on Brad Guzan somehow. I don't think there's a goalkeeper in the world that could have saved that one. That's ludicrous. Uh, but um, it is hopefully going to be a learning moment for Jackson Conway. Really difficult situation for him because he was just into the match after being subbed in for Kubo Torres. And, uh, you know, like you say, you, you just hope you learn from it. it. It's a tough spot because we talked about it, I, I feel like, for 10 minutes leading up to it. Kubo Torres had nothing left. He, he couldn't chase those plays back. So Elliott and, and Glesnes kept pushing forward, and, and Glesnes has that long-range shot that we've seen before the, the pandemic, the goal against LAFC last season. You know he has that in the bag. And as Gabriel Heinze said, it's not just the fact that Glesnes had the shot. You have to prevent the pass as well. But Glesnes steps up, and the way Atlanta United defends, it's man-to-man. So the, the conversations about somebody stepping out, that's, that's not how Atlanta defends. We've, we've seen enough games now to know how this team defends. It's, it's pretty common with, with what is happening in these situations. When the center backs step, those are the ones who are unaccounted for because everybody else is marked man-to-man. Bello, for example, was with Bedoya there. Bello can't step out and leave. We talked about it in the final 10 minutes. Walks was caught in situations where it's leave Shabilko to step to Elliott. No, you're not going to do that. You have to try to ride that out. The forward has to chase back in that situation. The ball has to be prevented from coming in, and that happened as well. But the forward has to chase back. Glesnes had way too much space. All right, we'll come back with highlights in a moment. Keep sending us your questions and your comments at Mike Conti 929 And at Longshoe and the full-time report will continue after this with Atlanta United and Philadelphia Union playing to a 2-2 draw on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right, back on the full-time report on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Atlanta United settles for a 2-2 draw to Philadelphia Union, the second straight home match where Atlanta United had a two-goal lead inside the final 10 minutes and did not win. Here's Brooks Lennon. Tonight, um, you know, up 2-0, just like, you know, our last match against Nashville at home, uh, you know, with less than 10 minutes left to go in the game. Obviously, you know, really disappointed to to drop the three points, but, um, you know, when, when you're looking at it from, uh, you know, higher a higher lens, uh, you know, I think the overall performance was good and, uh, you know, I'm proud of the boys for how hard we worked, uh, not only tonight, but, um, you know, in the buildup in the, in the three weeks that we had off, I thought, you know, we trained very hard and, um, you know, put the, put everything, uh, you know, forth, uh, so that we could get a result and, um, you know, just unfortunate tonight. Next question to Doug. Hey Brooks, the team has had second half leads in several games this season, uh, in which it, it hasn't been able to close it out. Is it just a, a little bit of, of time together playing to get used to each other to see these results out, or is there just bad luck? I guess more so. Than yeah, I mean, uh, in, in in a soccer game, both teams are going to have chances. Um, you know, they were able to capitalize on their chances late in the game tonight. Uh, I thought this, their second goal was, I know some people can call it, you know, a lucky shot. Uh, 
but you know, we didn't close them out and, and didn't put pressure on them. So, um, you know, we need to look, look at, look at that on film and go back and, and fix our mistakes. And hopefully next time we, you know, we have a two, two, zero lead, uh, we can keep it. Next question to Joe. Hey Brooks, uh, Emerson Hyman for the first time this season. Did that change your role at all or what Gabrielle uh, asked you to do today? Or if not in general, how did the team cope without Emerson? Yeah, I mean, like I said, from the beginning, uh, losing Emerson was, um, you know, was massive, uh, a massive loss for us. Uh, he's, he's, I think, one of our best uh, contributors in the midfield and uh, he's, you know, he's so good at, at controlling the play and uh, the pace of play that we play at. So, um, you know, really unfortunate that we lost him, but uh, I thought we did, I thought we did well, you know, Franco came in tonight and, um, you know, played in that number eight position and did well and, uh, you know, won a lot of second balls, which, uh, you know, we emphasize in the, in the buildup. And uh, I think, you know, just based on the, the formation that Philly plays, uh, you know, George Bello and I had to, alter how we how we normally play because uh, you know they they have uh, interior midfielders so we played a little bit more inside tonight than normal but um, that's normal for us uh, you know we're getting used to it and uh, we're, we're just f trying to follow the game plan that that Gabrielle puts out for us next question to Felipe Brooks after those uh three weeks of pretty intense training you said you, the team did focus on on fitness Gabrielle confirmed that when we talked to him last week. How do you think the team performed today? Was there fatigue? There were a couple of tired legs towards the end. It was an intense game. Do you guys feel comfortable that perhaps it's tough to measure that work after one game? Was it worth it? Is, is the team stronger fitness-wise? Yeah, I definitely think we're stronger fitness-wise. Um, you know, guys look fit, guys feel fit. Um, although there were tired legs towards the end of the game, you know, it was 97 minutes uh so uh that's that's normal that's that's just that's how how things go so um you know that's that's nothing that we have to blame the the build up and the fitness that we did uh, i think that was all for good measure All, All right, right. Uh, that is it for Brooks Lennon. And uh, we're going to take another break. We'll come back with the highlights in a moment as Atlanta United and Philadelphia Union play to a 2-2 draw on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back, 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 back to the full-time report. The home for our Atlanta United is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Atlanta United, Philadelphia Union playing to a 2-2 draw this afternoon here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Atlanta United wants to remind you that for each Atlanta United clean sheet this season, they'll donate $2,000 to Children's Health Care of Atlanta. This year's donation total is currently $4,000. Let's get to the highlights. No scoring in the first half. Things really, though, opened up in the second half, it was a pretty wide open game to begin with. Actually, twenty to sixteen, the shots. Uh, I gave you the key pass numbers. Both teams uh, well into double digits on on key passes or scoring opportunities created. So uh, it was a fun match with a lot of chances each way. But uh, the goal scoring finally opened in the second half, and it came off an Atlanta United corner in the fifty eighth minute. Feels like the goal is coming for Atlanta United. Scoreless in the fifty eighth minute, Lennon. In the near corner, this will be the eighth corner of the match for Atlanta United. They attack the goal to our left. Lennon sends it to the penalty spot. Again, it goes in! It deflects in for a goal! 
Miles Robinson gives Atlanta United the 1-0 lead in the 58th minute. Miles claimed it, but it in fact was an own goal. Uh, Opta says Casper Shabilko. I actually thought it was Jack Elliott. It doesn't matter. Ball's in the back of the net. Uh, It's 1-0 Atlanta United. And if you were wondering if Atlanta United might roll out some new wrinkles on set pieces after having three weeks off, the set pieces were unreal today for Atlanta United in the attack. They were really, really good, and they defended them well, too. Yeah, created a number of situations uh, on set pieces, Atlanta United on the attacking end. That's been something that's been lacking, and with Joseph Martinez out, you're going to have to find ways to, to threaten the goal. Atlanta did that from dead ball situations today. So 1-0, Atlanta United in the 58th minute, and then in the 83rd, Atlanta United took a 2-0 lead. This is the hot play in the match brought to you by Scanna. Lennon to strike this out of the near corner. Atlanta United attacking the goal to our left. Leading 1-0, 82nd minute. Lennon up to it. Strikes it. Goes low to the front post. Across the face of goal. It's cleared out to Barco. Barco then bounces this back into the near corner to Lennon. Another cross by Lennon to the back post. Header! Score! Anton walks! And Atlanta United has the 2-0 lead. Deep in the 83rd minute, about to put it away here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We thought. Hot play of the match brought to you by Scana for over 20 years. Scana Energy has made it easy for Georgians to receive the best natural gas rates and excellent customer service. Call 877-467-2262 to sign up today. You know, Brooks Lennon had eight key passes in this game. I think he had two in that sequence. Mm -hmm. He did. I mean, Brooks Lennon, you know, I, I still... Don't know why Brooks Lennon wasn't on the Gold Cup preliminary roster. He had been one of the call-ups for the the U.S. Olympic qualifying team. Uh, His play this season absolutely deserved to be in that group. You can talk about the depth chart at right back for the U.S. men's national team, but Brooks Lennon has been among the best right backs in Major League Soccer this year, especially in the attacking half. All right, 2-0 Atlanta United, 84th minute. Oh, that, that should be a win, right? Just mm-hmm. as it should have been a win May 29th against Nashville. But no, and, and credit Philadelphia, literally right off the kickoff, they get one back with Corey Burke. Off the kickoff, Atlanta United leading 2-0, 84th minute. Desperation pitch down the left wing now to Kai Wagner. Into the attacking third. Wagner to the corner of the 18. Cross to Montero. Shot blocked. Diving safe goose dance. Fills the rebound. Rebound score. Corey Burke. And Philadelphia gets one right back. One minute after they give up the second goal. All right. A little bit of a fluky chain of events to produce that goal. And, again, it's unfortunate for Brad because there is a deflection uh, in the lead-up to all of that 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 just knocked things off kilter. Yeah, it's a deflected shot in front of Brad Kazan, and he's already in his dive when the deflection comes in. That prevents him from smothering the shot. That's what forces the rebound to be given up. And then Burke's the first one to it. All right. Still, though, Atlanta United in the lead, 2-1, 85th minute. And then they put seven added minutes up on the board, and you started to get a really bad feeling when you saw seven go up on the signboard. And sure enough, in the third added minute, here is the Golasso by Jacob Glesnes, to uh, give Philadelphia a hard-earned point in this match this afternoon. 
right on the edge of the attacking third. He'll throw it into the far corner to Bedoya. Bello is there in front of him. Bedoya passes it back now to Montero. Montero racing back into the midfield, now squaring it to a wide open Glessness. Glessness coming forward, shot from distance, score! Golasso! What a goal! Glessness from 35 yards! And if it costs Atlanta United two points, you have to say that's a brilliant goal by Glessness. And it was a brilliant goal. I want to be really clear about this because I have people jumping on me on Twitter. The strike was incredible. Mm-hmm. World-class strike. Uh, it Two things can be true. Glessness can have a wonder strike, and he should not have been that wide open. And both of those issues are true. We've gone back. We've watched the goal a couple times. We talked about it earlier when Heinze was asked about it. Uh, Jackson Conway made a mistake. Jackson Conway will hopefully learn from that mistake. Uh, it just can't let someone be that open in zone 14, and, and Conway got a little lost. Yeah, there, there's two big mistakes on, on the play. I, I felt like we talked about it on the call for about 10 minutes leading up to that goal uh, before Kubo Torres was substituted. He had no legs to chase back anymore. He, he was trying. He couldn't. He subbed out. Jackson Conway comes in. The center back, in playing man-to-man defensively, the center backs are going to be left open. They're the ones who can come forward and cause problems. And Jack Elliott was doing that some. Jacob Glesnus was the more dangerous one because of his long-range shooting. In this sequence where Gabriel Heinze, one, is not going to call Jackson Conway out in a press conference, and it's the, absolutely the right thing to do if you're Gabriel Heinze because he has to build Jackson Conway up because he's going to need Jackson Conway this season. In that sequence, Santiago Sosa gets turned by Jamiro Montero in a way that he shouldn't. That gives the avenue to play the ball into Glessness. So that's one part of the issue. That happens, but that's part of the issue here. The second part of it is Conway's defensive position. He's between the two center backs who are staggered. Glessness is about 10 yards inside the – or about 15 yards inside the attacking half. Elliott's at the midfield stripe. Conway has to defend the guy who's closer to goal in that situation. He has to be closer to Glesnes, make them play it further away from goal back to Elliott. He doesn't. The idea about somebody else closing out, yeah, of course you'd love for that to happen. Then you're going to leave somebody open, and we saw that happen time and time again in the second half. This is the way Atlanta's going to play. This is the way that Atlanta will play this season, and they have to be better at it. They have to be completely locked on and not have these moments happen. This was not tired legs. And we can talk about tired legs all day and, and fatigue and this and that. The second goal, Jacob Glessens' goal, has nothing to do with tired legs because the issue is a substitute who came on who didn't pick the right man to cover in that situation. And we're going to get into more of that right after this as we get to your questions and comments. Send them on Twitter at MikeConti929 and at Longshoe, and we'll have more of the full-time report after this, Atlanta United Philadelphia Union play to a 2 2 draw on Sports Radio 929, the game. Back with more full time report on Sports Radio 929, the game. All right, back live at Mercedes Benz Stadium, Atlanta United and Philadelphia Union playing to a 2 2 draw, the second consecutive home match where Atlanta United has blown a two goal lead in the final 10 minutes. They had never blown a two goal lead at home ever until uh, May 29th against Nashville, and now they have done it in um, back-to-back matches. Let's get to your questions and your comments on Twitter. Send them in at Mike Conti 929 
and at Longshoe. Well, Larky, why didn't we park the bus up by one? Do we want to park the bus? Because I'd... According to most people I hear from, the answer would be no. That was the conversation coming into the season. That was a lot of the conversation in 2019 when Frank DeBoer didn't park the bus either, but he was more defensive than Gabriel Heinze is. Gabriel Heinze is not a clone of Marcelo Bielsa, but I think he does take one very specific element out of what Bielsa does. In moments like this, it's very easy to react and be abrupt with a change of, of style and say, okay, well, this team's not good enough to, to close that game out. Let's change the way that we play in these moments and do something completely different that we don't work on that has nothing to do with our DNA. That doesn't work very often. When, when you try to play a different way than you train, it doesn't work. You have to double down and be better in the things that you do well. And in this team today had a lead. They needed to find a third goal. We've, we've talked about those records before. Atlanta United, when they score three, has only failed to get a result one time against the Red Bulls in 2019. Yeah, it's not easy to score three goals. Also LAFC. Ah, yes, thank you, thank you. But I thought home, there was one more. At home, at home it was the, the one with Red Bulls. So you have to try to keep scoring goals, which is what has been talked about in terms of the 4-3 win versus the 1-0 win, that kind of idea. You can't get scared because playing that way does present these situations. You have to be locked in for 90 minutes. Fatigue is part of it. It wasn't the issue today with the Glesnus goal, in my opinion. Fatigue is going to happen in a game that is 104 minutes long with 14 minutes of stoppage time in each half. And that played at that intensive level. I mean, it was a, a, an incredible match both ways. Two teams that play very differently. Fatigue's going to happen. Players are going to be tired. It didn't cause the second goal. Not being locked in in that moment and doing what you're supposed to do cause that second goal. All right. I think you've answered Mike, Michael Buckaloo's question, but it, he's being a little more specific about yeah. – leaving subs on the table. And we have seen now kind of a trend by Heinze where he does not use all his subs in matches. Would things have changed if uh, Heinze used his final two substitutions? The other player that was involved in the situation on the second goal, because Conway was a sub, so there, there's not an issue with him being fatigued. The other player, Santiago Sosa, and he hasn't come off this season. He's played every minute of every match. I don't think anybody would be wanting to see him come off in that situation, but if he did, if he was out of gas and needed to come off, Mo Adams would have likely been the substitution for him, and we haven't seen Mo yet. and That doesn't mean you can't do it, but Mo Adams hasn't played yet. Sosa's played every minute. I'm not surprised that he stayed on. Is there anybody else that would have changed it? You want to go back to the, the first goal? Jake Mulraney was caught in space a little bit, and a ball played down the left to Kai Wagner. Another one that we talked about consistently, the wingers had to track back and defend the outside backs from Philadelphia. If they didn't, those opportunities happened. And now then it comes across, then a shot's deflected, but it starts with a substitute not chasing. So I don't know what the other subs were on the table that would have done anything. Subbing just a sub will not happen with Gabriel Heinze, and it should not happen with Gabriel Heinze. Subbing when you need to sub? Different conversation entirely. To your point about Sosa, Bear Ellis asks, how can a center back run with the ball from one end to the other and then load up, aim, and shoot 
with no one anywhere near him. He says that is a very serious problem, and he's wondering if it's on the center mid. No, it's not on the center mid because it's man-to-man. It's man-to-man defending, and you go through those situations. And and we tried really hard. I was really trying to focus on this today because it's a key way of understanding the way Atlanta United defends. You always want a free man defensively to clean up anything like that that can happen, any breakdown. So that's why it's three center backs against two forwards for the opposition. That's a pretty much a non-negotiable for Gabriel Heinze. Santiago Sosa was that player, and he was able to step out into the midfield a little bit early on. When Alan Franco came on, those were the three center backs with Franco, with Robinson, with Walks, and Sosa was a true midfielder. You're not leaving your man. That's the, the, the idea here. And what Glessness and Elliott started to do in the second half, and this is, I'm sure, coming from the, the bench, and Jim Curtin's a very smart manager, he knows how Atlanta's going to play. Those are the two guys that are free. Everybody else is man-to-man, you're marked. Everybody has an assignment. The center backs, you're dealing with one forward for Atlanta. So they can take their turns. If they both go, then, yeah, that's great. It's very risky because then if there's a ball over the top, then Atlanta can get in. They're not going to do that. But when they step the forward had to go with them. Kubo Torres chased and chased and chased and chased and chased and chased and was soaked when he was pulled off. Jackson Conway was brought on. I am very sure that he was given a very clear instruction of dealing with that, and he he lost that situation. Kubo Torres couldn't do it anymore, and that's why it was becoming an issue. That's why Jackson Conway came on, because there was fatigue with a player and he didn't do the part that he had to do defensively in that moment. And and Heinze is never going to take a striker off and put a center back or a defensive midfielder on, ever, is he? I would not expect him to do it. I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't get scared and start managing that way. I don't think that's in his character because I think he really does believe that this team plays the way that they're supposed to play. They work on the way that they play, and this is something that – Pep Guardiola has said it's something that Tata Martino said in so many words. It's something that Gabriel Heinze has said in so many words. If you are working on plan A and you work on your style of play and your philosophy every day in training, all through preseason, into the season, into this little extended international break, why would you not believe that it would work? Why would you not have the belief that it's the right way to play? So if you start to do something completely different and counter to that, you're not very confident in what you're doing to begin with. They're going to continue to double down on the way that they play, and they should because that's why Gabriel Heinze was hired, was to play this style that people wanted. It's risky, and this is what can happen we've seen in the last two matches. It's risky. It invites risk. Sometimes you get punished. All right, Shiva asks, if this style of play is very demanding, then what is the key to closing games and keeping it up for a whole season? Continuing to score goals, not quitting on attacking, and I don't think they did that today, and continuing to play for 90 minutes in the way that you're, you're taught to play, man-to-man, and, and making sure that those situations are handled. Can you be a little more conservative in your man-to-man marking? Of course you can, and you're not going to – dive in for things at midfield when you're getting a little tired, when the game's getting later. But that had nothing to do with the Glesna situation. It's one where the mark was lost, and and it didn't have anything to do with the ball out to Wagner on the first goal where the mark was lost. Those are things that cannot happen, and they have nothing to do with fatigue and demanding. They have to do with two substitutes not really getting up to the speed of play, which people have asked why Gabriel Heinze doesn't sub a lot. That's another reason. Substitutes don't come on and be they're not 100% locked in from the minute they step on the field. It takes them time to get into the flow.
Uh, one more from Dave Davis. We've talked a lot about that Glessness goal. We've talked about Conway. Davis wants to know if Moreno may have had any role in that. Moreno had nothing to do with Jacob Glessness. Uh, that, again, it gets back to the idea about the way this team defends. And it's something that we've broken down in, in different ways and we've talked about and – you know, I know especially not everybody who's here and, and leaves and, and, and is listening to us in the post game. They didn't hear the broadcast because that was a, a talking point. I felt like I was doing it too much. And and then they score on that type of situation. Like, it, it was becoming an issue. It's why Kubo Torres was pulled. It's the forward's responsibility to go with the center back when he steps up. If somebody else leaves their man to deal with it when you have to, okay. But that also then prevents the possibility of Glessness not taking the shot, laying it off to the open man, who then might have an even better opportunity. That's what it comes into here. Conway allowed Glessness to have the space. It is a low-percentage shot, but it's incredibly well hit from Glessness, and you're punished for Conway not defending there. All right, let me jam one more in because yeah. Michael Head is very upset, very, very upset. He's tweeted at yeah. us about six times. Okay. He's very upset. He says this just cannot continue to happen. Can't no, happen. It can't, can't. No, and he's right. He's it, very, that's 100% right. But Michael is very, very upset. He says, I did not ask for the style of play that gives up two goal leads in the last ten minutes of a game. But the style of play was to score as many goals as possible, correct? That was what people have generally said. The 4-3 idea has been an idea of this is how this team should play. And I get it. And that's a that's a perfect ideal is to score four goals. And, yeah, then you can deal with giving up three. If they won 2-1, this is we're having a completely different conversation right now. If they'd ended up winning 3-2, I think we're having a different conversation. But there would still be, I think, complaining about giving up two. You can't have it both ways, though. And if Atlanta fans want to change the idea of what they expect from this team, that's a hard reset. Atlanta United's not going to become a pressing team, a non-possession team like Philadelphia or like the Red Bulls. They're not going to become a sit-and-counter team. They're not going to be a bunkering team. They play the game in a very aggressive, in-your-face, risky manner. I think, you know, something we talked about when Matias Almeida brought the Quakes here in 2019, he described it as playing the game as we did when we were kids. And, and it is very open and it is wide open. We saw that today and it was thrilling at times and it was scary at times. <laughs> that is how this team will play. Are there different levels of risk that teams can have in playing this way? Absolutely. Tata Martino, had a different way of interpreting this ideal. Frank DeBoer had a different way of interpreting this ideal. They're not dramatically different, and we've said that so many times. There are so many similarities between those three. Gabriel Heinze is the riskiest manager of the three, which can bring some incredible highs, but can also have these situations as well. I guess, I mean, if you're looking at an extremely half-full, glass-half-full approach, uh, your devastating lows are draws and not losses. I guess yeah, that's absolutely. a good thing. In 2020, these would be losses. So, I, I, you know, again, that's one thing. But, uh, look, you got to close these games out. I don't disagree with Michael. I said it earlier. I'm frustrated. I feel like Atlanta United is better than what the results are showing right now. I think they're close. Unfortunately, they've got a very, very difficult week ahead. They now have to turn around and play Wednesday. Going Sunday, Wednesday with travel, 
Very, very difficult. In fact, I think we could look that up. The numbers are not generally in your favor when you have to go Sunday, Wednesday with travel. They're playing a New York City team, though, that's also struggling a little bit and struggling in late-game situations. That'll be Wednesday at Red Bull Arena. Jason is going to preview that after this because I'm going across the street to call the Hawks game. So Jason will take you the rest of the way. And uh, we'll have more in a moment after a 2-2 Atlanta United draw with Philadelphia here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. That should be it. That is it. Full time. This is the Full Time Report on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Jason Longshore closing things out as Mike Conti heads over to State Farm Arena getting ready for Game 7 for the Atlanta Hawks. Mike and Steve Holman will have that for you here in a little bit. Nick Kale will get you ready following us. But the disappointment for Atlanta United today will not linger for very long because they're back in action on Wednesday night, not at Yankee Stadium, at Red Bull Arena in New Jersey. The opponent is New York City FC. They're playing some of their home matches this year at Red Bull Arena. That's a little bit of a a bonus for Atlanta United in this one. What's not a bonus is facing two of the best attackers in the league. Valentin Castellanos has four goals this season. Jesus Medina has been one of the best players in the league this year. He has five goals and has been a problem for defenses all over the league. New York City currently coming into this match will be in seventh place, 3-3-2 on 11 points. Same number of points as Atlanta United. One more win, not as many draws. Atlanta United will have to deal with that attacking threat from New York City. They're going to have to deal with probably some tired legs as well. Very interesting to see what the lineup will be on Wednesday. Joseph Martinez, Ronald Hernandez will still be away with Copa America. We know Emerson Hindman is out. Mateo Sosetu was out today as well with a lower body injury. Not sure if he will be in the mix for Wednesday. We don't know where we will be on Wednesday yet either. We will be either on 92.9 The Game or on Star 94. Depends on the results from the Hawks game tonight. If the Hawks win game one of the Eastern Conference Finals will be on Wednesday at the same time. We will be on Star 94 in that case. If the Hawks can't get it done tonight, and we all hope that they do, we will be on 92.9 The Game. You can also listen on the Odyssey app and the Atlanta United app. Disappointing conclusion to a wild match today that saw Atlanta take 20 shots, outshot Philadelphia 20-16, to but for the second straight home match, unable to close out a 2-0 lead late, Jacob Glesnes' wonder strike is enough for Philadelphia to get a point. 2-2 is the final between Atlanta United and the Philadelphia Union. Thanks to everybody who listened to the match today on radio, on the Odyssey app, on the Atlanta United app. Thanks to Miller Pope. Thanks to Mike Conti for getting everything to this point. And this is Jason Longshore sending you to Nick Kale. Get ready for the Hawks and the Sixers tonight. Game 7. Nick will get you ready for that one. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to MLS action of our Atlanta United. Tune in for complete match day coverage all season long. The home for our Atlanta United is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.